Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome everyone to Conversations with Z and Vin. And Z, always good to be back here with you. Today we're talking about character. And we're talking about the substance of an individual. What kind of story you have as you move through life. And as we've been talking about in the last couple of days, there are people who just go through the motions. And it's an idea of how you can be alive, technically. You can breathe, you can move, but you're not actually living. So we go through life in this zombie state, and there's no fundamental expression of humanity. And I've felt this, and i felt this more and more recently. I think the more new things that I'm trying and the directions I'm headed in, I look at my life and think, I can't go back to what it was because I wasn't alive. I need to express myself in a different way. I need to move forward. But with that comes challenges. With that comes some fear, some unknown. And to navigate these challenges and to put ourselves in a position where we can truly express ourselves, we need that character. So we need the fortitude, the strength to say, the hell with it. I know I can rely on myself. I don't know what's going to happen as I'm moving through this life. I don't know what the universe is going to put in my path, what obstacles I'm going to have to overcome. I don't know if I'm making the right decision. I only have the information in front of me. There's a limit to how much I can analyze whatever course of action I'm going to take. At some point, I have to rely on my intuition and my judgment. And I have to have enough belief in myself that whatever ends up happening, I'm going to be okay. So this is that self-reliance that we've talked about. It's that survivor mentality. You've espoused that for a long time because you've looked at the world and said, yeah, this motherfucker's going to crash and burn in any minute. I can't rely on anyone. I've got to be able to take care of myself. And there is a certain strength that you have, or maybe that's allowed you to, to act that way. Or maybe you've cultivated the strength, and I'm not sure which one it is. But I think a lot of people don't follow that model. So character almost becomes something that we're afraid of. And the reason we become afraid of it is that to develop character, we necessarily have to go through challenge. We have to step up and face the things that we don't want to face. We have to push ourselves in certain directions, do things that are uncomfortable, be in situations where we might say, why the hell is this happening to me? How am I possibly going to make it through the next day, the next week? How am I going to get my life back on track? But that's the way that we develop strength. And that's the way that life becomes a lot more rich because suddenly we have a reservoir that we can tap into that fuels our expression. And it allows us to go in much more interesting directions than maybe a more conventional life where we're just going through the motions. So let's talk about character today. And maybe you can start us off with what you mean when you think of character. So when I think of character, I always um, look at the basically the root of the English language. Um, and character is kind of portrayal. Uh, it represents the the coarseness, the texture, the color of a personality. And then we measure that by high and low. A deep texture, a light texture, a, a rich character, a poor character. 
uh, a character of great quality and one of low quality. So character is something that has an element of temperament, an element of training, an element of domestication. I was listening to um, the one of the members of the royal family talking to a person who had done something heroic in England. And I really enjoyed the man's reverence for the royal family. But he was such a stellar of stellar character, simple man who had put himself in harm's way to save somebody. And the the, the, the prince, the redhead one, was, was, was complimenting the guy in the most beautiful way. And he was very humble, knowing that he himself had never had to go through anything, but he admired people that did that because he's long and he's working on being a man of character. So he turns to people with character and studies them and emulates them. Character you can see sometimes in children. They'll do something wrong and they'll hide it or they'll confess it. And you can tell a lot about who that person is going to become based on how they handle the discomfort of that moment. Will I be embarrassed? Will I be punished? Will I be shamed? And is that worse than facing the consequences of my behavior? And if you choose to face the consequence of your behavior, it becomes easier and easier to do that. It also becomes easier and easier to govern your behavior. The more that you shy away from it, the easier it is to shy away from it, stay shallow, and not have the depth and the layers of color to the self. You talked about challenge. If we think about the immune system right now, big concern is the pandemic. And we've talked before many times about it. The character of the immune system is an example. There'll be many people that will encounter this virus and it can be debilitating. But in suffering through it and enduring it, when you come to the other side, you will be weathered greatly by it and you will gradually, gradually get better. But it wasn't just the virus that did it. It's how you behave during that time. How, how did you endure your suffering? And as important as that, what lesson did you learn? We know now that a lot of the anxiety associated with the pandemic is most people know they do not have the character that encouraged them to be well anyway. It requires a certain depth of character to accept your emotional shortcomings, even before you do anything about it, to identify, hey, I don't have a real high level of empathy for others. Can you admit that? Can people really admit that? And then you can say, you know what, I, I think having a little more empathy would help me understand things. But the first challenge of the character is the admitting that you're shallow. 
you're a shallow person. If you can admit that you're shallow, then you can work on going deep. With the body, you know that, hey, have you done everything to be reasonably healthy and fit to move about this world? And even if you do that, are you of a good mental state where you do the things you can to protect you and others from harm? Do you minimize your impact on others? Do you minimize that? I don't necessarily agree with all the social restrictions. But be careful with that being said, I've never been one to be in big crowds. I've never seen the value of being in in in, in places that have a high population density. So it's not a challenge to my character to social distance. For people who are overly dependent on outside stimulation, it is a real test of their character for them to practice social distancing. Thus you see the rioting, the rage, people angry they got to wear masks, do all that kind of thing. I'm indifferent to it. I don't need to be around a lot of people or impose my will upon others. So my challenge of my character is the acceptance of the circumstances of the moment along with the challenge of appreciating the lack of courtesy of others. I find it simply an act of courtesy. For someone else, maybe their character hasn't been refined. So any imposition on, 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 on the idea of personal whims causes them tremendous du duress. Tremendous duress. And they act that out in rage, attacks, um, pouting of all kind. Circumstances will build your character. Going through things. Avoiding adversity, avoiding challenges has the reverse effect on the character. Sometimes you have to be still in the heat. Sometimes you have to take a cold shower. Sometimes you have to delay a meal. Every time you do that, your character becomes more muscle-bound. Every time you don't do that, it becomes more flaccid and weak. Can you honestly watch suffering around you and simply cower away from it, hoping it doesn't visit upon you? Or do you calculate the cost of your intervention to serve your idea of the greater good? All these are questions that arise the mechanisms of character. Character is of great value. It allows you to endure. It allows you to grow. It allows you to evolve. A character, a lack of character, has the opposing effect. What is honesty when it comes to character? The first part of honesty is being honest with yourself. And for many people, that's very hard because they've never done that. They've weighed their decisions, their judgments, their actions on the reaction of other people. I was talking to a uh, 
an associate of my wife, and uh, she's in the midst of a divorce. And uh, she's been married for a number of years to a gay man. And when she finally said, I can't take anymore, he's not interested in me, um, and I, I want someone who is, I want a man who's intimately interested in me as a woman. Everybody's like, wow, so what happened? Did the arrangement break down? And when queried, it was like, it was a good business opportunity. It was a good merging of family interests. It was a good social decision at the time. But as the years have gone by, and I am financially able on my own, I am longing for the intimate relationship. So the lack of character got you here. The harshness of circumstance has forced you to make a very difficult decision, which is the beginning of the character waking, just say, I can't take it anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't. So that's the infancy of the character, the inf infancy of the character taking shape and form, is the I can't take it anymore. Now, decisions you make, remember the character now at its infancy, so like a a small child or a teenager, at that moment you might not make the best decisions. But if you follow the underlying DNA of character building, it typically will take you to a good place. You'll reflect upon decisions you made when you lacked character and don't make those decisions. So much of those decisions are based those decisions you make when you lack character based on immediate convenience and comfort. That's it. Immediate convenience and comfort. And then from there, any, any drop of character that was in you is going to be suffocated by an array of justifications for your behavior. Well, it's a good decision for the family. We'll look good together in society. And all of these are mal-narratives, especially when it comes to something of an intimate nature. When we go through sicknesses of all kinds, either by the lack of care of our health, decisions we made, or the wayward nature of fate that visits upon us, it is an opportunity to say, what are you going to do now? Do you roll up in a ball and fear? Or do you dig in and get to work? You dig in and get to work, it builds the character. Roll up in a ball, it doesn't take character. It just takes justification. I remember being not feeling well and being sad and the low part of my character wanted to shirk duty and just withdraw, invite, invite death in. It's just easier that way. It's just easier. But easy doesn't build anything. But 
if it's challenging, if it's difficult, and that difficulty becomes efficient, then you're stronger. Just like when you lift weights and work out. A person of good character goes in and works out, or a person with, and you realize, wow, that's a hard workout. But you know what? I'm going to come back and do it again tomorrow. The person of low care says, that's a hard workout. I'll never do that again. I'll never go down that path again. I'll never try again. That was too rough. Again, we're not talking about abusing yourself. We're talking about character building. When you're at work, being able to admit what you can and can't do. Or being at work and admitting, I'm here for the money. I don't want to go golfing with you after work. I don't want to go to the bar with you after work. So how much of the characters there that can allow you to see clearly that it will not make or break your position by having boundaries? When you lack characters, you also lack vision. You lack vision. You, don't, you can't see a broader picture. You mm -hmm. only see doom and gloom. So you go that direction more and more. You follow me? Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying. If I have to think about some of the words you're using when you describe character, it's things like strength, vision, resilience, honesty. And that comes from being accountable for your own decisions. It comes from embracing challenges and continuing to, to work on yourself, take some risk, these sorts of things. And I agree that you gain a lot. So there's an immediate cost because no one wants to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to feel unsettled. You don't want to go to the gym. and So you want to feel comfortable. You don't want to feel unsettled. You don't want to feel physically taxed when you're going to the gym and you're sweating and your muscles are aching. But there's a benefit to this. You come out, you're stronger. You can use that strength in a lot of different ways. And you can live a life where you can respect yourself. You can have a more interesting existence. You can have more of an impact on those around you. And this brings us to another point we were talking about earlier, Z. So we were talking about society and this dire state that we're in. So we've talked about the Kali Yuga in the past and all of the craziness that's happening. So the fact that this pandemic has led to a global shutdown of society instead of taking care of your health, people are looking for vaccines and easy ways out. Health itself is a whole other subject that we could go on about. All of the, the mal-narratives around health, the fact that people aren't working out, obesity is increasing, clothing sizes are being relabeled so that people feel better about themselves. We've talked about politics, how in the past, you would look for people who've gone through challenges, who've, who were war heroes who'd stood for something, who'd survived something, and you said, yes, this is the person that I want to lead me. This person has vision, they've got resolve. I may not agree with everything they say, but I can trust that they're gonna do what they think is in the country's best interest. Mm -hmm. And you look at politicians today, and on both sides, it's more of a screaming match, and it's more pandering to people, telling them what you think they wanna hear, mm -hmm. uh, without any real substance, without any consideration of whether your proposals are viable, so there's all this craziness that we're seeing in society. And just hearing what you're saying, a lot of this must relate to a lack of character or a gradual degradation of character. 
when you reflect on your experience uh, working with people in the last 30, 40 years, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think character has come down over time? And what are we doing that I think we, we, we shouldn't be doing? I think we value it less because that's the branding we've been sold. Like the rise of popularism in politics, for example. What is popularism? People forget what that means, that it is generally popular. That doesn't mean it has depth. It doesn't have character. It doesn't. We're not looking for a person who is intelligent, who has uh, a character tendency to sacrifice. We're not looking for noble qualities in people. When we look at the rise of the internet influencer, it is based on popularity and not experience or depth of knowledge. It is the popular thing. It is what is fashionable. And that has now saturated the, the psyche and the, the ethos of society on every level. It is like an etheric ooze that has put its scent on everything that is more important to be popular than it is to have character. It's more important to be connected to popular than it is to be connected with knowledge. It is better to be popular than to be skillful. It is better to be popular than to be knowledgeable. It is better to be popular than to be of integrity. You see? So this has risen and we've driven that. I think it's a, it's a byproduct of possibly consumerism. Just getting people to consume, consume, consume without thinking, without discriminating. And maybe in that pursuit of non-discrimination, you had to also strip yourself away from character. Mm -hmm. And in doing that to yourself, you began to maybe find empathy in those like you, other broken people, other untrustworthy people, other depthless characters. And then when you would meet a person who was somewhat less depthless than you, who had a little more character than your characterlessness had, you saw them as iconic. So the death of the, the death of the sacrificer, right? The death of the Messiah mm -hmm. syndrome, so to say. So it's been, a, uh, it's been progressing over the years, but it seemed to have accelerated in the 21st century. Yeah, it's interesting how these things evolve, because I think about the world. You can imagine at some point this had some value. So you go back in the day, why do you want to take on more challenge than you need to? So you think about medicine and being able to reduce infant mortality. That's great. You can cure a number of conditions that you couldn't in the past. Mm -hmm. You can build a society so you're not out in the wilderness and wild animals aren't coming and stomping through your house and you're not out being eaten by bears or tigers or whatever. So maybe we've just progressed too far because I think as society naturally evolves, you insulate yourselves from certain challenges to create stability so that you can survive, so that you can focus on things more than just basic survival. But maybe it's spun out of control. You know, as we've gotten down that path, at some point it went from being something that we need to do to just an ideology. And the ideology is more comfort is always better. I think when you say that, Vin, I have to inter kind of intervene here and think that 
we don't evolve without character. Mm-hmm. Let's look at every piece of our existence, how we arrived here, and then what our decline looks like. We expect a home builder builds a home of integrity, that they have character in that deal making, that I'm going to build you a home that is safe for you and your family. It can survive much of the ravages of weather. You move in that home, the foundation is shaky, the walls fall apart, it collapses, it's, it's built with flammable materials. You go, oh my God, what a person of low character. We cannot evolve as a household or a society because I don't, now you have not only put that person's home and their family in danger, you've ripped them off and you're no longer trusted. So you no longer trust the home builder. I remember years ago when there was where the Hurricane Katrina and the levees broke. Hmm. They found out that the levees were built to poor standards that caused uh, all these problems. And they didn't choose the levee company because they were known for the quality of their build. The levee companies were chosen because they had paid off the right politicians and gave them kickbacks. So you don't evolve that way. You, you steward in the decline of society. There was a company selling bulletproof vests to the military that weren't bulletproof. And they won the contract by they won the contract by paying off corrupt politicians who made sure they got the contract to supply bulletproof vests that weren't bulletproof, causing high mortality to the troops in harm's way. But then we valued the person for becoming wealthy, but at the cost of many lives. But we never really focused on that. We focused more on the fact that they had acquired wealth. Yeah, it's like the opioid crisis and this yeah. $8 billion settlement, which was just paid. Yeah, which is pennies on the dollar to them. It's nothing. So I think that character still has a place, first, for yourself for yourself as an individual. A lot of mental health issues have to do with hauntings. Psychology, ghost, the study, the behavior of ghost in your mind. That's basically what psychology means, spirits. So why are people haunted? How many years does it take for a person to forget a betrayal if that person has a small portion of character in them? and they recall something they did that they're not happy with. And that uncomfortable thing drives them to be very honest, very clear, right? I remember the first time that I hurt somebody's feelings really bad because of my indiscretion. And I remember the look on the the woman's face The pain of that was so severe to display my lack of character. Just witnessing my own lack of character had with it a pain that was equal to or greater than a physical pain. And enduring that pain that kept coming up for years, it would just boil up. It altered the way I communicated with women for the rest of my life. 
that I would never want to inflict that kind of hurt on another person. So in my, my lack of character, the acknowledgement of the lack of character allowed me to build a better character. And in building a better character, I became a better friend, a more reliable person. I also made decisions that guided me away from the abuse and manipulation of people. Even if I was not unwittingly doing it, I realized what I was doing. So that took my character to another level of development. So we can't evolve without exploring the depths and range of our character. You can't. I was sharing with Caitlin, you know, as she's going through some things that as painful as it is, this is what the character is made out of. When you think about a character in a theater or, or some theatrical presentation, a play, a movie. You have different players, different characters. Some are memorable. Some make you cry. Some are impactful. Some make you hate them. But that's what makes a great story. In our life as a human being, we are in the grand cinema of being. And all the players... All the stories in your life are part of the character of that story. The hero or the heroine, the victor, the vanquished, the failed love, the conquered love, the overcoming suffering, the inflicting of suffering. All that makes your life story. Meet a person who's never been through anything and it, the mind has no place to recall them. They will not be remembered pretty much from the point you leave their presence. Encounter a person who has overcome something and they will leave a mark in your psyche because they give us reference. They give us directionality to our own humanity. So as, as we were talking to Caitlin earlier, uh, Caitlin has won a place from her because her character has shown us to, that she is one consistently reliable. So if you're not consistently reliable and you acknowledge that, you might feel a little bit irritated with Kayla, a little edgy. And the only remedy to that edginess is to make yourself more like her. And then she won people over with their behavior, her actions. And She's going through something. Everybody rallies around her because her character won her praise and adoration. Imagine if you were soulless and no character like many of these people. You go through something, people say, hey, good riddance to bad guys. That's what we say. Right now, because she has, with her character, has earned, has earned the adoration, admiration, the love and the devotion of many she will never find herself alone. Find a person with no character and you won't find them. Why? Because they're not findable. They're not memorable. They're not interesting. But the bar of humanity is so low right now that we measure ourselves in negative equations. Mm -hmm. Here's the characterless 
working with the character less less looking up to the character square cube right it's a sad state so we want to pull ourselves from that you look at the political game you have a clown and a crypt keeper neither of them really care about the future of the average person that's 20 or 30 years old. They really don't. But you found yourself in the characterless world choosing who has the least character. And let's vote for the one who doesn't have the least character. And then there's a debate. So here's the vacuum and here's the black hole. Which one do I choose? The void or the black hole? Hmm. Decisions, decisions. So where we're at right now, man. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the soulless mass of humanity that we'll have to navigate and sift through every day. So character is going to come from accepting challenge, being straightforward. Let's talk a bit about where character is most lacking. And we've talked about all the crazy shit that's happening in the world. And the reasons for that that we can point to, that people aren't honest, there's a lack of compassion, there's a lack of vision, all certain deficiencies in character. But if you had to break it down, maybe if you had your top three, what do you think are the biggest areas that we should focus on to make sure that we're able to survive in this craziness? I think if, if you want to say like causality, if we look at you know the cause of things and then work around forward and backwards that, the normalization of soullessness where we're generally, dis, you know, people are generally discourteous, inconsiderate, they don't lose sleep or emotion over the betrayal of trust. They don't value the integrity of right speech. And not only do the people that don't do that, but there's a, a even more people that accept it as the norm. Yeah, that's just the way it is. They did it, so I'm going to do it. It's like when I went to India, people used to just throw trash out of the window. He said, oh, India's a filthy guy. They just throw trash. Well, the U.S. used to do that, too. When I was a youngster in the U.S., you'd drive down free, people would just hurl a garbage bag. Before they had plastic bags, they would just throw a fuck, uh, grocery bag of garbage out the window, just chuck it out, just throw it out the car. You'd drive through big cities like Philadelphia and New York, and there were rats bigger than chihuahuas that would just brazenly approach your car. It's filthy. Then they had a litter program, and they shamed people. See, this is where character can be developed. You can shame character to awaken. Find out what appeals to a person's ego. And if you can manipulate that right, you can encourage them to build character. It's like kids rewarding them for honesty and not rewarding them for shallowness and dishonesty. And they will learn the value of that. I think it's something, and sometimes it's temperament, sometimes you have to teach. But going back to the U.S. and comparing to India, India was just filthy. You've been there. And I remember one of the U.S. presidents came and overnight they cleaned up all the streets. 
Overnight, streets were spick and span. Now, it's because the average person is taking cues from the person above them. They're exp the, the one act of independence and strength is F you to society. You weren't good to me, so I'm going to just throw a potato chip bag on the street. Ha ha! That one act, a characterless act of ego expression. And it starts at the top of society and, and how we model. In the U.S., what they did, they had a litter bug campaign, and they used to have little songs and things for kids. They gave up on adults. So they made the kids ashamed of their parents who littered, and they, they recruited the kids to clean up the street. They had a little catchy tune back in the 60s. There's a lot of litter messing up our land, and the litter bug is getting out of hand. So let's get together. There's something we can do. Pick up, clean up. It's all up to you. So every kid in the 60s knows that song. And your parents would throw something out the window. You would just be disgusted by them. You'd say, I want to be adopted away. I have filthy parents. Then they had a movie. I can't remember the name, but it showed by 1980, the earth would be, everybody would be moving in six foot deep uh, troughs of trash and litter. There was an old movie. I forget what it's called. A documentary something. This is, if you keep throwing garbage out the window, this is the way you know, rats as big as uh, Great Danes, and you're just trudging through. And every little kid saw this movie in school. And so it shamed people into building care. And no parent wanted, no kid, the kids were running away from home. They were doing all kinds of stuff. So most of you have grown up never knowing that that ever happened. Yeah, New York used to have garbage as high as your waist. You just walk through New York, you just, that was in that, and that was in Uptown. We just had garbage piles neatly packed. Somebody would come by. There were street sweepers back then, mm -hmm. not street sweeping machines, but literally people with brooms. They would stack them up real neat. You see? <laughs> well, you still got that. Oh yeah. Okay. You still got bags of garbage on the street. Horrible. So we realized that it was an individual. Each person was a reflect, re reflection of the grander society. That's why the power of statesmen cannot be understated. Whatever the iconic person does, it sets a cadence for everyone else. That's why the whole masking thing has become a political statement. If you're for Trump, you don't wear a mask. If you're against Trump, you wear a mask. There's no more science involved. It's just the character of association. My side versus your side. But we lack so much character, there's no, there's no real deep analysis. Character requires a certain level of intelligence, scrutiny, discernment. So I would say, to answer your question, the normalization of low character we expect nothing from people anymore, even from ourselves. I would say another nemesis of that is the aversion to discomfort. This strange, bizarre aversion to this false idea of comfort and discomfort. Well, what is comfort or discomfort? See, we don't really know what that is. We know that there's an idea of what we're used to. 
normalcy, even if it's dysfunction, it's normal, that's comfortable, because I don't have to think. Um, I'm getting a lot of attention, like I'm going to Starbucks and I order something outrageous, or I just hold up a line of 20 people staring at the menu in a restaurant that I go to all the time, wondering what I'm going to eat. Just that moment of power grab. Oh, I feel so powerful. Is everybody waiting behind me? Mmm. <laughs> Come on, who does that? Who doesn't? You did that <laughs> yesterday in the boba place. I did not do that in the boba place. Yeah. You, it took you 10 minutes to order, and then I replicated your order so we get the hell out. It's not true. I said, give me the same thing that Z is having. Yeah, yeah, well, we ran it out. I cut down the order time by 99% compared to you. Well, it was an exercise I gave you in order to build character because you right. lack character. Okay, I appreciate that. So we, we want to build character. And again, I, I think another challenge to character is the acknowledgement that I could work on myself. Some reason that just doesn't, that concept doesn't feel good to people. Whatever it is, if it's, if it's weight issues, if it's health issues, if it's emotional issues, if it's societal issues, you know, I can work on myself. I can work on that. And you see it everywhere. And the normalization of that rejection of self-development is one of the problems. Hmm. And again, I keep coming up with this term normalization. We have normalized a, a high degree of dysfunction that includes the ravaging of the character, the decimation of the character. Right. Right. So we got to be aware of our deficiencies. We have to stop this endless pursuit of comfort, which we can't even define properly. We have to be open and be willing to work on ourselves. So let's talk about how we get started. Practically, let's say, okay, I got it. Mm -hmm. Maybe my character is weak. I don't know. Maybe there's some self-assessment that we can do. How can we test our character, number one, to figure out where we're strong and where we're weak? And once we have that, what's the appropriate way to move forward? Because we want to challenge ourselves, but we don't want to kill ourselves. You don't want too much strain. Yeah, some people should, though. But I would say that the first thing is find a good exercise in honesty. You can't do it by yourself to... Pick a friend or someone that you value and, and gradually begin a kind of a game. What are some things that I could work on? Now, I say you have to gradually do it because the first thing is a rejection of even the discussion. That person will fear offending you maybe, or they will fear that whatever they say to you, you'll throw it back at them. Hmm. So you got to be careful with it. What are some things that I can work on to help you and I understand each other better? So how you frame it and phrase it in itself is an exercise. And I'll demonstrate that now. Um, uh, Caitlin, mm -hmm. what would make things better around here for you? What could I do that would make your day better at Dharma? I don't know. I don't really think I would change anything. I mean, the boys helping out would be huge. Okay, so that's the first thing. But initially, she rejected. She was very... Yeah, she was terrified. She didn't want to say it. So, yeah, and now so, she's said something that doesn't even directly relate to you. Right, right. And so that's the pitfall. So that's the experiment. 
I'll ask you the question again directly between our interaction, what could help things out that would make your day better, easier, more productive, more sustainable? Um, if we could work on this content together so I have a clearer picture, that would have been that, you know, that. What does that mean? Um, when we're talking about framing and storyboarding everything, uh, I don't often know the linear process of everything. So give more clarity to my concepts. Yes. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Okay, I can do that. I'm going to work on that. So I didn't like what she said. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to work on it. So the discomfort of hearing that mm. and my ability to, to take that bitter pill and say I'm going to work on it is building character in me. Mm. For her to be upfront, plain, and clear builds character in her. That in turn allows us organizationally, communally to work better together. But both of us were a bit uncomfortable. But it will lead to greater comfort and efficiency and productivity. You see that? Yeah. But talk about the types of people you solicit this from. Because if we're in this characterless world, you need a reference point. If you get well, an average well, person who doesn't have any character and you ask them the question, well, then that you get goes garbage to, back. I'm sorry, that goes to another topic because we live in hunker-down times. Mm -hmm. We live in times of the scarcity of resources, both energetically and materially. We're living in the twilight of the Kali Yug during the pandemic, raging brush fires, political chaos. So this is a time that you can metaphorically or and, and literally should hunker down. Hmm. So we do need to limit our scope of people we interact with. This is an exercise only for people that count hmm. in your life. And, and that, that may sound selfish and withdrawal, but there's nothing you can do about everybody. <clears throat> you can only manage your universe. And hopefully that universe will be a beacon and a light for others that will draw them closer into your orbit, as we've talked about before. But there are people you work with that you could use this exercise on with limits and sanctions because after the work is done, they have nothing to do with you. So I asked Caitlin very clearly, what can we do at work? Because that's when I see her. If I ask someone who I build cars together, that'd be different. Hey, let me, I have a mechanic guy I work with and he says, yeah, can you show me exactly what you want? Can you tack up the weld the way you want it so I can understand better? I said, I don't want to do that. But if he, I don't do it, he doesn't get it. so the, the discomfort of expressing builds character. So I got over it. So I was able to show him, express to him without feeling like a bunch of other issues coming up, stepping on his toes, da da da. Mm. So each tier of person you deal with, there is a way that you manipulate this exercise accordingly based on the depth of the value of that relationship. Hmm. You know, random a minion at work that you don't care for much other than the flow of the day, then you frame that conversation that way. The people you socialize with every day by choice, you frame that a different way. Friends, relatives, so on, you frame it a different way. You also consider the boundaries of those relationships. 
You don't want to go to your mom and demand that she acts a certain way or build character. You accept it, observe, hmm, listen. And when it's a bit bitter, when it's a dis bit uncomfortable, but it's mutually gratifying, that's when you know you're building character. Hmm. So we can go through this exercise, we can identify some blind spots, maybe get through the discomfort, figure out some areas that we want to improve. From there, what is the right level of character to develop? So if I think about it, let's take working out as an example. There are multiple levels of fitness. You can be fit enough to walk around and get through your day. You can be fit enough to survive in the wild by yourself, fit enough to, to compete at an extremely high level in athletics. So if you go through these different areas, how do you manage that trade-off? Because each time you want to build character, it's an investment. You have to seek out some challenges, push yourself. That might drain you to some extent. There's a limit to how much you can do. And so how do you figure out what that right balance is to advance your character, but do it in a sustainable way? Well, you, you, to know yourself, that's part of the self-realization journey. I always tell people, be fit enough to live in, with yourself, that you are not um, dependent on others to sustain your life. That's the most basic metric. Do you need other people in order for you to travel? If you have to travel, do you need a valet and a hover-round? Well, you're probably in bad shape. Can, do you feel safe walking the streets? Could you sprint out of the way of traffic? Or do you just simply avoid obstacles? So each person could develop a character metric for themselves based on what they know at that moment about their life. Also, that metric ideally is a fluid metric because we're ever-changing. Maybe at one time you were a world-class athlete and you trained a certain way, but now maybe you're a family person and you don't have six hours a day to devote to training, but you still have one or two. The trade-off of that is that you have a, you're more present with your family, you can attend work, and you, you honor the day. So at one point you spent five hours working out, now the next point you spend one hour working out. But you also have an understanding of where you're at right now in time and space. Mm -hmm. So each person benefits from deciding that for themselves. You follow? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Some people can't imagine themselves having to survive a knife fight. Hmm. Some people walk around ready for a knife fight. So you adjust it for yourself and the character of your fitness, the character of your approach, the character of your devotion to the self-development is what you're working on. And that all that character will take you anywhere you need to go. Yeah, I like the way you put it, in that you have to think about where you are in time and space, because it naturally evolves. So if you're at the point where you're not stepping out into the world and interacting with people, maybe you don't have to be strong enough to defend yourself, mm -hmm. but suddenly you develop some character and you're going out and you're engaging more, then the next step is, okay, how do I maintain a greater level of fitness? How can I make sure that I or if can that's take care necessary. of myself? Or if that's yeah. necessary. I tell the older clients... You know, just work out all the time so that, you know, you nobody's pushing you around the wheelchair and feeding you through a tube. Yeah. You know, you're, you got, you're, you're 80 years old. You might have 20 years if you're lucky. How do you want to cruise that 20 years? Mm -hmm. Younger people, it's a different thing. 
uh, people who are in the middle life and they want to have a more abundant life. I meet so many people that are ravaged by chronic pain and injury, just hmm. dealing with chronic pain and injury. But yet they don't have the character to remedy it. So they reach for the bottle of pills. They don't do anything to mitigate it. They don't want to go through much, too many challenges to get there. And the, you watch their life slowly decline. Hmm. When one is cultivating character along that, not only are you looking to mitigate the pain and suffering and discomfort, but you're also looking to tonify your life, enhance the quality of your life. Not only for your sake, but the forsake of your beloveds. Who wants their kids to have to take care of them? Who wants um, a beloved who is unfulfilled in the relationship and they become more of a nurse, uh, a hospice nurse than a, than a lover, hmm. right? So care to say, I'm not going to do that to the people. I'm going to just keep, I'm going to keep myself fit and well. I'm going to take my herbs. I'm going to do my formulas. I'm going to explore ways of resolving this right away. Hmm. I'm not going to delay right away because my character, like I went through an experience where I was very destroyed by hurting someone, that inspired me to work on myself. Let that thing inspire you to work on yourself. That's character. Hmm. Right? Right, right. Should we wrap over? Let's wrap it. All right. So, Z, I've taken away a few things from this conversation. I think on the one hand, to build character, we have to get away from this notion of always looking for comfort and the easy way out. Recognize that challenge is useful. Uh, that's what tests us. That's what allows us to improve ourselves and live more interesting lives. And we also need that commitment to keep on working on ourselves. Uh, so th there's the recognition, but also the execution. And then once you have that in mind, I liked your idea and just that role play that you did with Caitlin about finding a few people that you trust and framing questions depending on the situation. So if you're working with someone, it's, okay, what can I do to make your life easier at work? Whereas if it's with your friends, maybe it's a totally different question. Or if you're dealing with someone who's your coach, uh, your personal fitness uh, person, and then you can talk about what can you do to improve your strength, your cardiovascular fitness. And but, be okay with that. Yeah. Be okay with what they say to you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the tough part. I mean, it, what's interesting to me is a lot of times the fear of what we're going to hear is worse than when we actually hear it. Mm -hmm. So you're afraid that you're going to be judged and rejected, and then you hear it, and it's like, you know what, I, I can actually work with it. Well, it's, it's the bane of many relationships on all kinds, the fear of criticism, Hmm. The fear of that is a is a character flaw. Being afraid of criticism is a character flaw. Yeah. Shying away from critique or blaming others immediately is a sign of low character. Yeah. Dispatching blame. Yeah, and that's exactly what our political environment is like yeah. right now. Yeah, and so that shows you the shot. And when there's no character, there's no soul. Hmm. When there's no soul, you're dealing with the zombification of of the human being, the walking dead. There you go. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.